1: What's up Dolphins and welcome into the Thursday, August the 9th game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show the Dolphins play a football game tonight. The nine-month wait is over. The 600-day wait to see Ryan Tannehill back under center, that's over, too. We'll preview the projected workload up and down the roster, take a peek at key position battles and who stands to gain the most ground on this roster, and a plea to not overreact come Friday morning from all you Doll fans. But first... I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You guys have made us a top five podcast in the Lockdown Network, so we appreciate that very, very greatly. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter, and follow the show at Locked And of course, check out lockedondolphins.com, the number one blog in the Lockdown Network and the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a game to talk about, so let's go ahead and do that, and you'll hear this sound for the first time in about nine months. That's another Miami Dolphins and there is no news or injury portion to the podcast today with Jim Mandich, the mad dog, of course, as the Dolphins haven't had a practice since Tuesday, and I am recording this podcast on Tuesday night, and there is the potential for, I suppose, bad news on cornerback Tony Lippett. I'll revisit that on tomorrow morning's podcast on Friday, as I have more time to update you guys on that. But Armando Salgaro hinted today on Tuesday that it could be a little more serious than we initially thought. We'll find out about that. But again, I reiterate, recorded this podcast late on Tuesday evening. You are hearing it on Thursday, so we're a little bit behind on that. But enough of that. We're here to preview a football game. The Dolphins take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7 o'clock tonight at the Rock, Hard Rock Stadium. And we all know this game is going to be more bravado than ball. There's going to be more hype than actual exciting football on the field, but I don't know about you guys. I am totally fine riding that wave for another week as we get closer and closer to real football games. And don't get me wrong. I love the podcast. I love the site. I love everything this job brings to me, but it's so much more exciting when I have games to work on and film and things to write up on the website and do the podcast here. So how will things look for tonight's game? Well, it shouldn't come as any surprise that there are scattered showers and thunderstorms threatening the quality of this football game because it wouldn't be August in Miami without a few periodic downpours, and we'll see how that affects who plays in the game, but it sounds like Ryan Tannehill will get a series in this game, and Adam Gay straight up announced that he wants Brock Osweiler and David Fales to split second and third team reps. So we're going to see a quarterback come into the game, leave the game, and then re-enter a couple times with Osweiler and Fels. Take a note of who comes out first. I, I'm betting it's going to be David Fels as the backup quarterback. As for some of the veterans, don't expect to see Frank Gore. I would assume Josh Sitton and Cam Waker out as well. Maybe Danny Amendola will know more about all of that later in the week, probably probably closer to game time as the Dolphins don't really have anything in the media coming out until game time on Thursday today, I should say. Uh, Will Hayes will not play in the game. Neither will Jake Brendel. Tony Lippett sounds like he's going to miss the game as well. But Isaiah Ford battling for that sixth wide receiver gig, or even the fifth wide receiver gig, if Devontae Parker does not survive August, he'll be in uniform tonight and probably play quite a bit as a receiver on special teams and trying to earn his spot on the roster in year two out of Virginia Tech. But again, I want to continue to hammer home this point, and it's going to lead us into our first ad break here. But please, please, please do not overreact to this game, whether it's negative or positive. Hell, I know this won't change for some of you guys or some of the fans in the fan base. We even had our own damn beat writers pulling a chicken little over a fucking scrimmage uh, last Saturday. But if I calm the nerves of even just one fan with my little spiel here, I'll do my best to do that. And I'm more than happy to do that. And the reason I bring this up every single year is because we get these reports in camp or in practice or in games, whatever it is, in August that carry so much weight with the fans that is completely forgotten about when you fast forward a month, two months, and especially six, seven, eight months down the road. I mean, can you guys remember what happened in the 2015 preseason, the 2016 preseason? I'll tell you, because in the preseason 2015, the Dolphins held joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, and that was the year the Dolphins had gotten Kenny Stills. They had Ndamukong Sue coming in. Cameron Wake was there. Olivier Vernon was still there. Ryan Tannehill was coming off the best year of his career. All the hype was surrounding the Dolphins team. I think that was the same year they had that stupid Harvard report that picked them to win the super bowl in 2015 and we got a little bit of confirmation on that When the Dolphins had a joint practice with the Carolina Panthers because the Dolphins pass rush was handling that Carolina offensive line so bad that the offense couldn't get their work done and Cam Newton and I believe it was Mike Shula back then as well were trying to get more things worked out with the offense and they said hey guys can you turn down the intensity a little bit we have to get this work in otherwise this practice is irrelevant for us and totally useless so the Dolphins dial back the pass rush and then what happens the Dolphins start off one and three fire their coach finished six and 10. The defense is awful and the Panthers just go on to go 15 and one, have a prolific season from their quarterback, go to the super bowl and eventually lose there. You go back 2016 And there was a really ugly showing between the Dolphins and Falcons in the 2006 preseason week number three game, a national TV game in the ultimate quote unquote dress rehearsal that that game is built up to be. And the Dolphins offense couldn't do a whole lot. The Falcons offense and Matt Ryan looked even worse. And then the Falcons go on to be a prolific record-breaking offense that year. Matt Ryan, once again, an MVP. Ryan Tannehill plays the best year of his career in 2016. And then you go back to last year. With Jay Cutler and some of the beat writers just fawning over what Jay Cutler was in practice. And they got a glimpse of that in the week three preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. When both Carson Wentz and Jay Cutler had those offenses going up and down the field. And that held true for the Eagles in the season. But the Dolphins put forth one of their worst offensive showings in franchise history. So it just goes to show that all of this means nothing It's good for some individual evaluations, but unless you're looking at the film and you know how to scout individual performances at individual positions, you're better served just waiting for September to come around because there won't be a game plan out there. There won't be a concerted effort to isolate matchups, mismatches, blitz packages, all that stuff. Hell, even Game Pass doesn't offer the All-22 version, so if you're telling me that you fully vetted this game, you're a liar, just like Jarvis Landry. Had to take that pot shot there. So forgive me. So please just remain patient or humble, depending on how this game looks, and just go from there and enjoy the ride. All right, guys, we have plenty more to get to here, including position battles and who those players involved in those battles will match up with on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're finally breaking down another team here on the podcast, and we'll do that next on Locked On Dolphins Podcast. It's at Winkville NFL, at Locked Fins. But first, a message from our friends over at Vivid Seats. Hey, Dolphins. The football season officially kicks off tonight for the Miami Dolphins, and I want to help you get to the game at Hard Rock Stadium. Dolphins kick it off against Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight, and you guys can get there with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. They offer great prices for NFL games and any live event you can imagine. Don't sit around watching the Dolphins at home anymore. When you can go to Hard Rock Stadium and be in the crowd cheering on the team in person, thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering locked on Dolphins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Dolphins kick off their home schedule on September the 9th against the Tennessee Titans, and you can be there in person for all the excitement. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your very first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from LOCKEDON.
1: Rolling on into segment number two, breaking down an actual football game for you guys over the next five or six minutes here. Talking about the Dolphins hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Hard Rock Stadium tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. And the number one thing on the agenda that is always the case in these early preseason games is special teams, special teams, special teams. If you ever want to figure out who is going to round out the back end of the roster, earn those jobs at the bottom of the linebacker, running back, free safety, depth chart, whatever it is. Check out special teams. Who are the guys covering the kicks? Who are the guys getting down there making plays on the special teams unit? Because this is really a live audition for those guys. And the ones that work the hardest, the ones that fly to the football, they're going to be the ones that make the roster on the back end, opposed to guys that might offer a little bit more as backup players on defense and offense, but can't even get on the field because they can't contribute on special teams. And we know that Walt Aikens, how about that? Walt Aikens spearheads the top of our segment here, a special teams ace. He takes over for Michael Thomas, who was the ace last year. And so we know his role on the team, special teams strictly, but he's got a couple of guys he has mentioned himself. Chase Allen, Mike Hole, and Sonoris Perry are the other early favorites to snag those gigs. So keep an eye on number 34, 59, and 45 coming down the field on special teams. Number two is talking about the vanilla packages you'll see from Adam Gaze's offense as well as Matt Burke's defense. There is no game plan that goes into this football game. It's going to be very generic. Play calling is going to be very simple. And what I mean by that is is you're going to have certain concepts that attack certain coverages for instance the bucks will probably be in their cover two or their cover three or their man look whatever it is they want to do on defense and the dolphins will run route concepts designed specifically to beat those coverages without any wrinkles without crazy motion or direct snaps or reverses ends around whatever it is they're not going to do a whole bunch of that not a lot of window dressing before the snap so just Take it easy and relax when the Dolphins maybe don't complete it, you know a certain amount of passes or have put together big time drives. They're trying to find out things about individuals, grade technique, and just be very very sound on the fundamentals in that aspect of the game. So false starts and stuff, we can get panicked about those. But if there is a lack of rhythm on the offense, don't slit your wrist over that. Probably going to be a basic outside zone, two-man route combinations, no blitz packages that are crazy, no stunts and twists, all that stuff. So a very generic football game. And then point number three, and this one has a few sub points off of it as well, let the battles begin. We have training camp battles that have been going on for a while, most notably the number two cornerback job. The tight end position is kind of up in the air right now. The wide receiver room has to be sorted out still. The linebackers, who knows how the hell that's going to fall out. But looking at these camp battles, the number one note that I have on it is that I'm glad we don't have huge battles at the absolute critical positions. If you guys saw the depth chart that I posted on Twitter, I believe it was on Tuesday, showing the snap count projections for all these guys. And I listed players the Dolphins cannot afford to lose for the season. They were Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, Raquan McMillan, Cam Wake, and Ryan Tannehill. None of those guys are in battles for specific jobs. You go over to like New York or Buffalo, for instance, they have three guys competing for a quarterback job and tell me when the last time that ever worked out for anybody. Remember the John Beck and Josh McCown battle of 2008? How would that season have gone if Chad Pennington didn't fall into our laps one month before the season kicked off? So no big battles like that. There is a starting job at quarterback to be won and that one, I'm not putting it in that same category because I'm not worried about it. And I think that Bobby McCain probably gets his first crack at that or is the first one in line for a crack at that because we haven't heard a lot about him at the position, but he did it last year and he's probably the one that's kind of blocking the opportunity for this game to really show a showdown between who can get out there because I don't think McCain will play all that much in tonight's game. He might get a series, maybe two, who knows, probably won't play a whole lot. He is a vital piece of this defense and of this team. And with Lippitt likely on the shelf, that leaves you with Tory McTyre versus Cordray Tankersley. And the guy that I wrote down for the Buccaneers that they really need to watch out for in terms of how those guys respond is the receiver Chris Godwin, who has a lot of shifty move to his game. He was the Rose Bowl standout a couple years ago for Penn State. He played really good in his rookie year, and they expect him to do more in year number two, especially with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. I f- I'm just assuming they're not going to play the game tonight. So Chris Godwin matches up with McTire and Tankersley, and that's the kind of receiver the Dolphins could have the number two cornerback playing against in the regular season because Xavier Howard tends to take on those bigger bodied receivers like he did with Julio Jones last year or Demarius Thomas in that Denver game. Whatever the case may be, typically he's a right cornerback, but I think the Dolphins will offer him the opportunity to become one of those true travel corners that follows the best receiver. So Chris Godwin, a complimentary receiver, is the kind of guy that you're going to have to have a Tory McTire or a Cordray Tankersley step up and handle. I'm excited about this matchup. I think McTire probably plays a lot of reps tonight. I think he has the most to prove, the most to burn. And Tankersley, you know, they saw what he could do last year, a little bit more than McTire as well as Damian Howard. So those guys probably don't get as much run. But I think McTire is going to be the one that gets ran out there for a lot of the game. Probably works on special teams a little bit. Might even play some slot behind Bobby McCain once he comes out of the game. So get a good look at number 24, the cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. And then up next, this tight end scramble, as I am calling it. We all know about Mike Gesicki and what he has all of a sudden become the hot name in camp. I'm looking at the Buccaneers' backup linebackers or safeties, even their cornerbacks that might get matched up with Gesicki if he flexes out wide. Cameron Lynch and Riley Bola not going to have much of a fun time guarding him one-on-one if that matchup occurs. Backup safety, Jordan Whitehead. And take take this into account, these are all second-team type of guys, second-third-team type of guys. I think Gaseki might get some run with the first team, but I expect him to play well into the first half of this game and get some run against some backups where he should really dominate. But is the number one guy to look at. The backup tight ends, I think Marquise Gray is a known entity, probably won't play a whole lot. I think A.J. Derby needs to get some run in there as well. Find out which of these guys can take those one-on-one matchups and really exploit them and turn it into a positive gain for the offense. Up next is sorting out this wide receiver room. And normally this would be talking about the top five guys on the depth chart, but I think you're probably going to see if any at all, very little of Kenny Stills and Danny Amendola. We know Devontae Parker has everything to prove this year, and then Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant both trying to kind of carve out a niche role on this team and become expansive targets on the offense. But beyond those guys, who's going to make the push to either force a Devontae Parker trade or to make the Dolphins keep six receivers I'm looking at Le'onte Carew Isaiah Ford and the rest of that log jam bottom portion of the wide receiver depth chart once again bringing up Carlton Davis I loved him out of Auburn second round draft pick for the Buccaneers. I figure he gets some run against Leonte Carew, who is a big body guy himself, so that's going to be a fun physical matchup to watch. Isaiah Ford can he run on the slot on the outside? What can he do coming off all these injuries? MJ Stewart a slot cornerback for the buccaneers, another guy that someone like Ford in the slot needs to take care of. welcome him to the NFL abruptly drew Morgan another slot type receiver out of Arkansas he's going to have to win that battle as well if he gets it and then lastly the linebacker basement so I'm calling it not talking about Raquan McMillan Kiko Alonzo I think it's pretty clear those two guys will be the sub package and primary package linebackers that get the most run this year then you have Stephon Anthony Jerome Baker Terrence Garvin and Chase Allen all vying for regular season reps and they're going to get their chance Most notably, Chase Allen playing special teams and possibly that B-gap to B-gap run defender when the offense goes to base. But this battle will continue throughout the game from the first quarter on to the fourth as these guys get plenty of run. Excited to see what they can do. I think Allen has the most to gain because this Buccaneers middle part of the offensive line kind of does what he does well i think he can outmatch the backups like alex capo the rookie evan smith and adam Geddes in the middle part of the offensive line assuming he plays on the second team against those guys so i think he really has a chance to elevate himself up the depth chart in tonight's game the skinny on this thing i i don't think there's going to be a whole lot you take out of this Except for the couple of points I mentioned. For the most part, just stay healthy. Remember, that this time last year, we were down Ryan Tannehill, Raquan McMillan, Tony Lippett, and Ted Larson. So we're already ahead of that part of the game. Knock on wood on that one once again. But staying healthy and cleaning up the pre snap penalties are the number one priorities in this game. And we'll predict the game on the next side of the podcast. It is at Wingfield NFL on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Fins.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I know I just spent 20 minutes telling you guys to not take this game too seriously, but how can I preview a game? Without giving you an actual prediction for the game, I'm going to go ahead and do that right now, as silly as it sounds, for a preseason football game. But it'll be sloppy as hell. There'll be minimal offense, lots of rain and bitching from all parties involved all across the Buccaneers and Dolphins stratosphere. I'll say Miami takes this game. Who really cares? But the Dolphins get a win in this one by the final of... Let's go with 16 to 12. Missed field goals, extra points, a couple of touchdowns in the game. One of those classic rain drenched South Florida preseason football August games. We'll recap the entire thing for you guys on tomorrow's podcast. I'll give this game a rewatch, write up a piece for the Lockdown Dolphins website. And if you want even more extensive coverage ahead of the game, because let's be honest, You're not going to work right now. You're counting down the hours until kickoff tonight. Head over to LockedOnDolphins.com right now for the written preview of this game. If you couldn't tell, I was excited about the return of football. The 1,703 words on that piece can serve as evidence for you. But as for me and this podcast, I am going to get out of here and leave you guys with a closing song that I haven't used yet before. I find it a little bit corny, but I think it's appropriate tonight. So please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins And keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great night. Enjoy your game night. We're back tomorrow on Friday for a game recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Miami has a
0: Dolphins, the
1: greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air,
2: we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking to the goal because we're the If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.